Now Micah Miller trying to spring a pass ahead. Nobody in front of Jack Paling. Moves on with a blast and scores! Jack Paling! We aren't giving up on chances, and we just got to bottom line execute. Wait, wait. Pass to the front. Great save, Pelosi! As she robs a Cooper in front of her in that one was number eight, Kippen Keller, on the great A opportunity. For me as a coach, that's the kind of D you're always looking for because uh, they don't grow on trees for sure, and, and he's done a really good job being a captain of a really young team this year. It's a really cool thing to see for them to uh, really appreciate what I've done on and off the ice. To the far half wall, Jack Paling trying to play it into the corner. Now Paling turns, squares his body to the slot, sends it up high toward Jack. Shaw makes his play through and they score! Welcome to Center Ice View News and Notes in episode number 49. And this week's episode, plenty of NCHC roundup to take place, as well as touching on the women's side in the WCHA. Plenty as well. NHL News and Notes in Minnesota. Well, one of the teams that will be getting back to action this week. And as always, joining me is Noah Grant, as well as Ben Holden. And this is the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes, recaps, photos, and more. Go to centericeview.com. And starting in the NCT, it's going to be a dogfight to the finish, and the two dogs may have something to say about that. St. Claude State did split with Miami, and the Bulldogs were swept by a combined 8-1 to score in Kalamazoo this past weekend. Now, St. Claude State will face Colorado College for one game here this upcoming weekend before finishing with a pair of contests in Duluth. The Huskies would finish above UMD if they can earn six points out of their last nine possible in any fashion. It would finish no worse than third in the NCHC Conference if they do so. Omaha blistered Colorado College in a sweep this past weekend and prepared to face North Dakota for four straight contests over the next three weekends to end the season. The Fighting Hawks are fresh off of last weekend's sweep over the University of Denver, and St. Cloud State still could finish anywhere from first to fourth in the conference, while the best Duluth could finish is second in the NCHC conference. Moving over to the WCHA, St. Cloud State women's hockey team was off this week, but the rest of the league was set to be back in action. Unfortunately, Mankato and Duluth, their weekend series was postponed, while Ohio State narrowly swept Minnesota in both games at Ritter Arena. Wisconsin tallied 11 goals and only gave up one marker to Bemidji State to add to their league-leading 34 points and an 8-10 winning percentage. The sixth-place Huskies face Ohio State and Bemidji State for their last four games of the season. Shifting to the NHL and around the state of Minnesota, the Wild are slowly preparing for their return to the ice this week. But a former captain hung up his skates for good, Miku Koivu, suddenly announced his retirement at the age of 37 last week, having played in all but seven of his 1,035 NHL games with the Wild. With 709 points, the native of Finland was a 2001 Wild draft pick and played his first season with the team back in 2005. He had been Minnesota's first permanent captain in franchise history, going all the way back to 2009 since his, until his departure up in 2020. Koivu cited a level of play he felt was necessary for him to be an NHL pro was no longer in his game. 
and that he owed it to the Columbus Blue Jackets players and staff to retire. The team signed him to a one-year deal this past offseason. We're going to stick with the NHL, Ben, as the NHL actually plans to change the NHL lottery once again. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly has confirmed that the league intends to change the lottery system after last year's Detroit Red Wings fell from the first spot in the draft all the way to fourth, missing out on highly touted prospect Alexis Lafreniere. Detroit finished 23 points behind the next best team in the league and had the best odds to pick first overall the 2020 entry draft. The move was initiated by the majority of NHL general managers, but a timeline or specific changes have yet to be announced. While the NHL plans to change the draft, major junior players prepared to make their mark. The WHL approved a 24-game shortened season, and the Red Deer Rebels appear to be taking it very seriously. Social media confirms that the players will live in the suites of the Rebels' home ranks during that time. Outfitted with beds and other living arrangements, the team starts play February 26th and will only play inside the province of Alberta this season. Moving out east, Pittsburgh has finally filled its general manager vacancy this past week, hiring a pair of familiar faces in the National Hockey League. Former Philadelphia Flyers player and general manager Ron Hextall has been named to the position with journeyman executive Brian Burke as the president of hockey operations. Current Penguins owner Mario Lemieux reportedly joked with the new general manager about getting his teeth knocked out by Hextall in the 1980s when the two were rivals. Hextall had noted that it was kind of an awkward way to start an interview. While everything is kosher in the East for them, Arizona's executive woes continue in the desert. As former assistant GM Steve Sullivan had his contract terminated by the club last week, Sullivan was an assistant to John Chakas, serving as the interim general manager after Chakas' departure. The Coyotes do not intend to fill the vacancy this season and did not give a reason for the termination. Former St. Louis executive Bill Armstrong was hired by the team as the current general manager in September. The world's longest hockey game finally ended after 252 hours. It started on February 4th. Players in the Edmonton area have raised almost $2 million in a fundraiser designed to play the longest continuous hockey game, donating to player-chosen charities as well as the Cross Cancer Institute. Some notables that were included in the game include former Oiler and Wild centerman Kyle Brodziak. The temperatures got so cold that pucks shattered along the boards, posts, and even a helmet. Speaking of the Edmonton Oilers there, Ben, they completed a unique feat with two of their starting players actually not doing enough. Edmonton beat the Ottawa Senators 3-2 on Tuesday, which is not rare, at least in recent terms. But, however, superstars Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl were held off the score sheet. It's the first time since November 28th of 2017 that the Oilers had won a game when both those forwards were held off of the board. Edmonton had lost all 28 games prior to that duo, not registering a point. Out East New York Islanders head coach Barry Trotz had moved to third all-time on the coaching wins list, surpassing Ken Hitchcock. Trotz is now 81 wins behind former bench boss Joel Quenville and Hall of Famer Scotty Bowman still leads all head coaches with 1,244 wins. In our second to last topic of the day, another member of the hockey community has died. Ralph Backstrom, a six-time Stanley Cup champion with Montreal, passed away at the age of 83. He played over 1,300 games in both the National Hockey League and the WHA before leading the Denver Pioneers to the Frozen Four in 1986. The Ontario native also founded the Colorado Eagles in 2002 and was the team president until 2007. The Eagles are currently the affiliate of the Colorado Avalanche. 
As the hockey world looks on, they will also have to wait out east for the ceremony of another hockey great. The Boston Bruins have announced that the jersey retirement for Willie O'Ree will take place now in January of 2022 instead of later this month. The ceremony will take place on January 18th, which is the 64th anniversary of O'Ree becoming the first black player in the National Hockey League. The former Bruin will be the 12th player in franchise history to have his number retired. He wore number 22 and was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2018. And finally, we had trades, injuries, and a lot more in the NHL this week. Ottawa sent Cedric Paquette and Alex Galchenyuk to the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for forward Ryan Dezingle, who enters his second stint with the Senators. Edmonton placed longtime NHLer James Neal on waivers, though the move is likely for taxi squad purposes. And in injury news, Toronto's Wayne Simmons is out at least six weeks with a broken wrist after taking a puck to the hand. In Tampa, Anthony Sorelli is week-to-week with an upper body injury. Newly acquired Winnipeg Jet Pierre-Luc Dubois is day-to-day with a lower body ailment. And Chicago's Andrew Shaw has entered league's concussion protocol after missing almost all of last year due to concussion symptoms. Tampa's leading scorer Steven Stamkos is on the COVID-19 list as of Monday. And Arizona's Johan Larson was suspended two games for a hit to the head of St. Louis forward Zach Sanford on Saturday. And that will do it for the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. I'm Noah Grant, joined by Nick Maxson, and as we mentioned, the third member of our crew in Ben Holden. Boys, uh, how are we doing on this uh, Monday here? A little bit different for the show to be recording on a Monday. Um, Nick had some work obligations that he had to go to because he doesn't care about the podcast at all. He totally hates us. So, uh, um, Nick, how was your weekend? I hear you were uh, probably pretty drained from your working days here. Uh, and the uh, Saturday and Sunday was a combined 33 hours of work in just two days. So do the math. That's 15 hours that I wasn't working out of the 48. So I'm, I'm a little tired, but got plenty of coffee. I know Benny's got his Timmy's going. So Always. we're here. We're, we're ready to go. We're ready to talk some puck. And uh, uh, overall, it's been, the only thing that's bad is that it's 15 below outside oh. right now. And it's just it's that's the only thing that's just ridiculous. But uh, supposedly at the end of this week uh, here in the Twin Cities area, and I'm hopefully up in the great North Dakota, things are going to be warming up and we're finally out of the, uh, the polar vortex, I think is what they call it now. So uh, it's, it's enough yeah. of this crap. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. Ben, I'm sure you wish you were back in Florida like you were about a month ago. How, are you, are, <laughs> yeah. you keep, are you keeping warm? I actually think you got to call a pretty interesting hockey game this weekend as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be with you guys. Uh, it's kicking off the week this way. Wait, so I got to backtrack on something Nick said. You're out of the polar vortex and it's minus 15? No, we need to get out of the polar vortex this week, I think. Oh, at the okay. end of so, it. Yeah. So, so when we get out of the polar vortex, it usually happens between about May 20th and like June 1st. <laughs> and, then, and then we kick right back into it. So That sounds about right. <laughs> I, I love the states of Minnesota and North Dakota, but I don't know how you guys do it, man. It's uh, I got do we. here in South, neither do we. I got snow here in southeastern Michigan. It's about 10. We're supposed to get anywhere from, I think, five to nine inches of snow tonight. But, uh, yeah, I did Michigan and Wisconsin this weekend and uh, got a good look at those two teams. Uh, Michigan played really well on Saturday. Uh, down 1-0 after 20, came out four goals in the second. Uh, Caulfield and Holloway and Weisbach got shut down. But I uh, was really impressed with Michigan's team, and uh, they're going to be a tough outcome tournament time, boys. They got a good hockey team. Didn't you, didn't you say in the pre-show that uh, those three kind of big guns for Wisconsin, they had a combined three shots on goal on Saturday? 
They did. And, you know, Michigan started Eric Portillo. He's a draft pick of Buffalo, a product of Sweden, a Frölunda program that produced a guy I think many hockey fans may have heard of, Henrik Lundqvist. Not a bad career. Uh, big kid, 6'6". He played really well. I think Michigan collectively is a team. They did a really nice job. Every one of their guys was responsible. They took away time and space, which, as we all know, is what you have to do against players like Caulfield and Holloway and any skill guys, guys like Mietnin and Cronulla, guys like that on St. Cloud's team, and they did a great job of it. Speaking of, like, hockey, did you guys see that kind of blooper with uh, Tuka Rask last week leaving the net? There's, like, a minute left in regulation. They're playing, I think, the Rangers, and it was 2-2, and he thought that they they were down, and he just started sprinting to the bench. Luckily, they didn't get scored on, but have you guys ever seen anything like that where a goalie almost cost his team the game with a minute left like that? Nick, you're not in your head here. Have you seen it? I've actually seen it where um, either – it's not necessarily where you – think you're down but maybe you, you see a referee's arm go up I mean you think there's a delayed call and it's nothing like that it's like usually like a delayed high stick or whatnot so the goalie starts going to the bench and then all of a sudden you just see you look at the bench and everybody's yelling you know get the heck back in the net <laughs> and uh you know it, it at the end of the game obviously it's amplified but anytime during the game if it's tied I mean you know if it's a close game uh, and, you know, every shot matters, you know, it could be a, a big mistake, but, uh, you know, Tuka Rask, you know, uh, he, he's a good goaltender, you know, at the end of it, you know, sometimes you get things lost and we see it in baseball too. And you know, I'm a big baseball guy when, you know, either the umpire or, you know, someone thinks it's a three, two or a full count and it's only two, two, and you start marching towards, you think you get walked and you, you still got you know, one pitch left to face. So it's, it, it's a sportsman. It happens and, you know, no harm, no foul, but it's still kind of funny, especially with a, a player of his caliber, you know, not understanding that it's a, you know, a tight hockey game and you still got to keep your butt, you know, butt parked in the end, the crease there. So, but uh, you know, if again, it didn't, didn't cost him anything. So it's, it's a funny blooper now. Yeah. He's just trying to keep his legs warm. The one that, the one that I think is like the worst, um, I shouldn't say the worst, but when you mention baseball guys who they throw the ball into the stands when there's two outs instead yeah. of three, those ones are just kind of like, Oh, cause you know, not only is it, it funny and kind of dumb, but in terms of like runner movement and runner advancement, it really kind of like screws your team over as far as, you know, if you got runners on base, they can, you know, ground rule. Or if you're a, uh... Or if you're Trevor Bauer and you had a rough outing, you're tossing the ball over the, the center uh, field stands there when you're about to get uh, pulled from the game. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be as rough of an outing as having your battery die a day after you mentioned on the show that your battery died though. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, all uh, interstate. I tell my, you my what, sympathy, my sympathy meter is not on today. I'm sorry. Today. What do you mean today? Yeah, I know it Empty. never is on, but especially for that. No, <laughs> it's Monday, right? It's Monday. Yeah. It's yeah. Monday. I, I tell you what, guys, I had, I had an interesting week. I got to be honest with you. So uh, as we had mentioned on the show early on Sunday, my, my battery kind of petered out on me, got it working again. Uh, well, it petered out on me again that same day, right after I had uploaded the show. Yeah. I, was actually, I was actually uploading. Um, so to give you a little bit of process about how the show works, I upload the actual like file for the show. And then I typed the, like the bio or the description with all the timestamps later, I was actually typing that on my phone as I was driving home because of the fact that I had to, I had to bring my vehicle all the way home and drive all the way back in a three hour round trip on Sunday night during the Super Bowl. So I pretty much missed most of the Super Bowl. I didn't miss much because Tom Brady didn't miss too, much. He's too good at football. Yeah, I guess. No. Um, none of us were really close in our, predictions i was completely wrong yeah i'll be the first to admit it i took kansas city i wasn't even close yeah awful yeah I, one of the worst picks i've ever made 
I thought, because uh, I, I wasn't Tampa, I believe, but I thought it would be a lot closer game. You mentioned and, it, uh, you mentioned it would be a low-scoring game, Nick. He, I think he said something. You're right. He said something along the lines Nick did of a, a different or obscure type of score, if I remember correctly, Nick. Yeah, I had I had 28-24 Tampa. So I mean, as far as the Tampa side, I wasn't wasn't too far off. But as far as Kansas City, I was well. Kansas well City. Off. But for Kansas City, well, I don't think we both forgot and you know failed to take into account that both starting tackles uh, yeah. for Mahomes were out, and that yeah. was that was a big end of it. And again, I, I mentioned the running game was going to be what drove the show when you know Tampa's running game was yeah. definitely there for him and uh you know, for Tom Brady, you know, the minute you get the run game, it all opens up all the, all the can of worms. And I'll tell you what, Mahomes for the little points, he did everything in his power. I mean, that that throw he made where he was basically oh, Superman, parallel. he hit his receiver right in the helmet. Yeah, I mean, you got to come up with that catch. Didn't he honestly? Have like, he's, didn't I mean, he have like a foot injury too that he was dealing with too? He had turf toe. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Toe, turf toe, and he's yeah, he had surgery last week if I remember correct. Yeah. Ben, yeah, he yeah. did. And I'll bring it back to hockey. Uh, Mahomes looked a little bit like Tuka Rastid on the last segment. <laughs> Get back in the net, man. He was running all over the place. Uh, I saw one of those, like, I, I, I should say it's a vine because vine isn't a thing, but one of those like memes where it was like, it's a bunch of kids that are in kind of this inner city, like park or whatever. And it said Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, And it's this kid who's running around and all the other kids yep. are trying to chase him. So yeah, yeah. It, it was, a, it was an interesting week guys. I will say this though. Um, the, most exciting slash not exciting thing that I did happen this week is I did get my second dose of the COVID vaccine. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. I'm really excited to go. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Um, really, really excited to uh, um, get started. We're going to the nursing home in about a week or two for our clinicals um, for nursing school. So it's, it's really good timing, I think, as far as that. But I'll tell you what, for anyone, especially like myself, who I don't think I had COVID, I don't know that I've had that, that, that I know of, I don't think I had it. That second dose, I had the Moderna and it knocked me out for a good 40 hours. I missed the entire day of school. So, you know, with aches, chills, headaches, body fevers, that doesn't mean you shouldn't get it. That means you should still go get it. It, it was doing its job. But uh, yeah, guys, I was kind of out of commission for a little bit, which I mean, it's pretty normal for me, I would say. But yeah, it's par for the that's course, right, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah, it's par for the course. So I got a question, if I may, Noah. Sure. So what were, how did you feel those 40 hours, man? What are the things that you went through? I guess like the thing, the thing that I would probably characterize it most as, um, have you ever had that feeling, you know, when you have like the flu and you have that day in the flu where you kind of, you throw everything up and then you, you get done throwing everything up and you think that the next day you're going to feel fine. But the next day you feel like you've been hit by a freight train. That's what it felt like. So I got my vaccine at four o'clock. Um, they say to wait about six hours before you take any sort of painkiller. So all I had was Tylenol. So I waited. Um, I went to bed at seven o'clock. So I must have been fatigued or whatever it was. I woke up at 11 and I wasn't doing bad, but my where the where they injected me in my right arm was just on fire. I mean, it was just, mm. it felt it felt like I had done a workout, you know, for the first time in two years and my arm, arm was on day. fire. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll take a thousand milligrams of Tylenol, did that. I woke up at about 5.30 and that's when I was like, oh boy, we're in trouble here. You, headaches, body chills, aches all over. I couldn't get back to sleep. I mean, it was just not, wow. not good. And, you know, of course I couldn't take my time until eight o'clock. And I felt that way, um, a little bit nauseous too, um, kind of hard to keep food down. It's weird because you're actually sick with a, like a fake pathogen, if you will. There's no live virus and no pathogen in there. So um, 
I felt that way probably until about 10 o'clock the next night. And, and that's where it kind of started to break where I started to feel better, but then my body started to sweat it out for the next probably half a day or so. Cause one, I was taking Tylenol. So that makes you sweaty. And two, um, I was just sweating, just sweating it out. So I had to go to class actually, because I missed my labs on Wednesday. You have to make up your labs if you miss them in nursing school. So I have eight hours of lab to miss up. And then we had a lab practice at 8 a.m. that Thursday, and you can't miss it because we have return practice next week, which returns for people who don't know our full-fledged clinical simulations that are like pass or fail. If you don't pass it, you don't move on in the program. So I had to go last Thursday. I tell you what, I looked like absolute dog shit. I mean, to put it plainly on that Thursday morning. So uh, um, yeah, I mean, I've known some people though, they had a mild headache for an hour and that's all they had. Um, for some people, from what I've heard, if you've had COVID already, your first dose is actually often a lot worse than your second dose. Depends on the brand sometimes too, but go get the vaccine. I was very, very lucky and very fortunate in my position to get it. But uh, I tell you what, be ready for, uh, you know, hopefully you get it on a Friday or a day where you can take off work the next day. Cause I mean, Ben, could you imagine if you got it on a Friday and you're calling Michigan, Wisconsin from your bed? I don't know. No, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, I mean, I'm not working right now anyway, so I, I could go get it, but uh, I'm off for a little bit, but that's good. You got it, man. Yeah. Um, spe speaking of uh, Nick, you got something to add? Oh, I was just going to say, you know, uh, you know, St. Cloud men's hockey. Yeah. How about that? St. Cloud men's hockey. Before, before we get to that though, Nick, we do have a milestone that we have to celebrate about talking about St. Cloud state men's hockey. That's a milestone on this show. Um, do either of you nice know what segue. it is? Thanks. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> Let's throw it to Benny. Sideline nice reporter. Benny. Yeah, you know, it's one of my dreams working in this uh, this business we call broadcasting to be a, a ringside reporter for a game. So you guys want me to intro this? Sure. Is that how we're doing Yes, this? go for it. Yeah. So I, I got to hand it to you guys, man. So um, a one-year anniversary of doing this show. So – you guys, first of all, that's awesome. That's a heck of a milestone. I did about 70 shows with my son in April when, when COVID started. And, you know, it's a big commitment, man. And, and I, I uh, you know, I tip my hat to you guys, man. That's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job with it. And I'm happy to be involved with you guys. Uh, thanks for bringing me in. And I know you needed a good right wing. You just couldn't find a good free agent <laughs> until you found me. So I'm uh, – I'm good with that. I, I love skating on the right side with you guys. So uh, that's really cool. I'm happy for you guys. Congrats. Thank you. It's, um, you know, we, we thought about bringing a co-host for quite a while now. We ran through everybody else on our list and then we hit you at the very end, Ben. So, you know, we're happy to have you. Well, I appreciate it. You <laughs> ran out of options. Be honest. I get but, it. But that is, but that well, is true. Uh, yeah, honestly, we, we, honestly, we, no, we, I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna cut you off for once ooh, because right. you do it to me all the time. So this is what happened when we're together for yeah, a year. Yeah. At the end of it, you know, Ben, we were going through our cat friendly list to see how much salary cap we had. We didn't think we could afford you, honestly. We didn't think cat, we could man, make the money work. Took. I, I know. So we 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 signed the dotted line. We we made the payroll work, and uh, I'm glad we're still we're still cap compliant, which is good. So uh, yeah, we're, we appreciate you having it on, man. It's been a blast. You know, that's uh, you actually, guys too, man. That's actually Thanks. true, though. Is we actually probably about what July, maybe June or July, when we first kind of got our Twitter page up and rolling. Um, we had talked about bringing in a co-host. Uh, Kirsten Crow was on our list. Sid Wolf from KVSC was another one that was on our list. Um, you know, we had, we had a lot of people that we had kind of thought about, and uh, we just didn't feel we were in the right spot at that time, and felt that you know the right opportunity would come. And now Ben's here, and it's an absolute dumpster fire. So I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! You know. 
<laughs> like, I, I mean, you got to have fun, right? I mean, I did talk radio for years in Ann Arbor and some of the best shows that we ever had. Yeah. We got a plan. You know, we, Noah does a, a great job of writing segments for oh, us. God. And do the recap and all that. But some of the best shows we ever had were off the cuff, you know, and, and a lot of times I think back to the, the show last week when I kept going back to Sam Hentges, you know, we all laughed and, you know, I just, it, it's a big commitment for people that are watching this that don't know a lot of work goes into doing this. I mean, some would say, and you guys might say, you know, sometimes we just show up and, and kind of wing it. We do a little bit, but you still got to prepare. You got to carve time out of your day. You got to be committed to it. And uh, again, you guys are, are definitely that. Uh, you're good dudes and, and uh, you're doing great with it. I'm really happy to be a part of it. And I'm happy for you guys for one year. I'm surprised you guys are still together though. Now that I've gotten to know you after a year, I really am. Yeah. Um, Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave, Starman, <laughs> Dave Starman will be the last guest that will fill out our first year. We started, we, our first recording was February 11th and we released it February 12th, which would cool. have been, which have been this past Friday, but Nick, um, yeah, maybe you want to fill the listeners in on this before I, we move into our next part of our one year anniversary. I uh, let's talk a little bit about what it is like to be off the air in pre-show. I, I think I can speak for myself when I'm a super relaxed guy. I don't get mad at all. all right, are you, are you sure you want to open up this can of worms? We can open yeah, up this sure? can. We can open up this can of worms because I, I know how I act. So for people who, who don't know, um, to, to give the honesty scope, is important. Yes. To, to, to give, to give the scope here. And this is, this is not to say that these guys don't do, do a lot of work. They do a ton of work for us, but I am the oh, one that, that, that ends up producing the show after we're done recording here. So for me, I get a little bit anal retentive and a little bit ornery about kind of how things are going. I think that's putting it lightly. So Nick, you've spent February to February with me. Um, how would you characterize some of the ups and downs that go on off the air? <laughs> I'm scared. What is PG rated? Uh, <laughs> I'd say generally so, to get along. I mean, so some might call it OCD. I say it's CDO because that's an alphabetical order. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, honestly, um, you know, when we first started doing this, you know, I for, and I know we've said this before, Noah, but you know, there was a lot of unknowns, and so there was a lot of creative thought process that was going into this there was a lot of how do we first of all how do we even do this right what was the format and we mentioned it i think i I had the footage and one of these days we're going to have to pull this up um there's when we us two i set up a three camera shot like we would for an espn we had a with a two box so two people then we each had an iso cam i set that up for all of us, you were scared out of your freaking mind. Yep. I thought that honestly, yep. it was going to be like yep. a rookie lap going into like, you know, freaking, um, you know, your first NHL lap. It was hilarious how, how scared he was. <laughs> yep. um, and it actually looked really good. The problem was, is that again, for two guys trying to operate three cameras, rent the equipment, tag it all back with lights and everything. It's, it's a haul. Like it really is a haul. So because, because we had anticipated we were supposed to have four people when yeah. we started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were. We had people that were committed to not only running the technical side of it, but also having like basically a sports center host mm-hmm. and, and then having us kind of be like the, the hockey brains, even though I'm not sure if I qualify for a nope. hockey brain. Ne- I'm like a point, four, point two five. So put it together. I don't know. What's what's the math? I don't know. Ben, point three three. Uh, math probably. is not my strong suit, but you know, <laughs> you're free, a something like that. Man. Yeah. You got a so, good mind. Um, <laughs> uh, for for what the, the you know the Yahoo Fantasy League something 
I'm like, sure. yeah, I have no idea. Good starting sure. point, man. If, if it's in Vegas and I'm making people money, then I'm down with that. So there we Same go. Uh, I'll be sending the sports book. Yeah, exactly. Row, row three, seat 21. We'll go with that. So um, at the end of it, no, it, it, we, then we decided essentially that it was going to be sort of this format. And then when the pandemic hit, it would kind of took away, like, oh, there could be some video to this. And now that there's like a reason to be separated, maybe we could kind of reincorporate this, but maybe just do audio only, right? Um, and it really was a way to just kind of keep our chops fresh, honestly, because we didn't really anticipate that, you know, we're on a month 11 of this pandemic that we would still be in this scenario. Everything was still fresh. And then all we essentially did was we, we sort of recapped the formula here and there. It really wasn't anything that we were you know, kind of tweaking too big of a deal, but we were like, how do we get people to listen to us? You know, it kind of became more of a serious topic of, you know, how do we build this brand? And, you know, at one point, you know, is this going to end up being where we get back on campus in September, essentially? And what's it going to be like when um, we have the ability to person radio broadcast? So I don't know. Um, it evolved and then we got a call from Ben and here we are. So. Yeah. Um, well, I, sorry. I think so, did I did I go off on that? I mean, sorry, what happened there? Sorry, sorry if you heard you me laugh. Yeah, you were great. Sorry if you heard me laugh in the middle of that though. Your face was frozen in a very hilarious position, and we're definitely leaving that in the show. So he's not very mature, Nick, but you already know that. Oh, I didn't laugh at all. <laughs> you smiled though. We were on the same same page. I'll tell you that much. Um, I think Nick is frozen again, actually. So maybe we might have to it's edit deep this Deep in thought, man. It's deep thoughts that's, with Nick Max. That's something. I normally never smile, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I tell you what, Nick, every time you're in that apartment, the internet is very questionable. But, um, I mean, to illuminate, to illuminate on that, though, because I am aware. My life safety is questionable, trust me. <laughs> To illuminate that though, um, Ben for sure, and Ben has a really cool role for us because Ben just gets to kind of mess around and have a lot of fun. I mean, he offers great insight. You, you do, Ben. But I mean, the reality is Ben's kind of along for the ride and gets to kind of just, you know, have a little bit of fun with this. Um, and Nick and I are kind of tasked with the hosting of this. Um, but but I will be the first one to say that I am the most difficult one in this podcast to work with. That that is no that is no secret just because I'm trying to manage manage all the things and, and sometimes I my anger gets the best of me for as much dumb stuff as I would say on the Twitter page mind you but I would say this man all kidding aside uh, we're all becoming friends every time we do this we text a lot there's a lot of nights where we're going back and forth Nick's trying to have a nice dinner with his girlfriend uh, last week you wouldn't quit I wouldn't quit we're just bugging him on group text but you know what uh, you guys have a passion for it, and that, and I'm, I'm not kidding here. Uh, put, put, put a serious face on for a minute. You guys have a passion for it, and that's cool. It's like your baby, and, and I respect that. And I know the people that watch it and, and see it. I'm sure they notice that too, and that's okay. And we, we all process those things differently. And you know, our, our care leader, our care meter, and uh, you guys both care a lot, man. So uh, that's my sappy uh, thought for this segment. Appreciate it. I think the biggest thing for my own perspective is you guys are in this business and you guys have the potential to have a future and, you know, doing, doing what you guys do. I'm not in the business. What are you talking about? I'm just but, some guy. <laughs> I hope I do. I've been doing it for 26 years. I was going to say, I, I mean, you guys are exposed to it. For me, this is my only link to the college hockey and professional hockey world. So I know that I kind of go yeah. a little bit overboard because I'm like, I love doing what we do. And I, and you know, it's okay though. It's yeah. again, you're passionate about it. Um, you know, if you and Nick are in the same room, I might have to get in the middle and break you up, but that's okay. 
Yeah, that is, that is fair. I, you mean you mean you mean pick him off the floor after you know things get down. That's okay. right. I'll yeah. be saying, yeah. you know, rub him up my sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how many people realize. Never... Noah's. I didn't realize he was six four. He's big dude. That's a lot of arm coming at you, man. I was gonna say, keep your head up, buddy. It's gonna be just like MLB the Show. You're gonna be down and out <laughs> after the first inning. So, see, the thing is, being being my height, all I have to do yeah. is just duck a little bit, and you'll be trying to hit down. You'll miss, and I just gotta punch up, and I'm. Fine. I, so I say the good. biggest problem is I'm not gonna be able to see between the cloud layer between my head and your head. So that's gonna be. See, the... I got the advantage. Perfect. Just gotta knock down the tree limbs. You're gonna fall like a big giant, and then I'm just gonna be like, that's right. ah. <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. so before we before we get to men's hockey, we do have two little pieces for our one year anniversary um, coming up in just a half a second here. We're going to have Ben and Nick and myself listen to uh, about a four minute segment from episode number one and see how we actually cool. sounded all those years ago um, or a year ago, I should say. But first, I have a couple questions for you guys. Uh Oh, oh boy. Number one, who was our first guest and what episode was it? Episode two, three. Three. Can I get a hint? Episode three. You probably won't get it. Uh, women's hockey players. That's all you Nick, get. You go. You take it was, this one. It was three people. It was Dana Rasmussen. It was Olivia Savar. And it was um, it was one more. Oh, geez. It, was it? Uh, we, we, we filmed with her for a day. Oh, McKenna Westlow. Thank you. Yep. McKenna Westlow. All right. Cool. Next. Who was our first big time guest and who would you say was our first big time guest? What episode? Who was it? Can I get I a hint? Brett, yeah, go for it. Can I get a hint? I, I think Nick actually had it, to be honest with you. Is it Hedekin? No. <laughs> episode 45? Okay. <laughs> Which episode was it? Sorry. No. It's, it's, it's part of the Huskies organization. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Our first big time guest we ever had on the show. Ever had. Former player, coach, current coach, current, yeah. Oh, Mats. Now, Matsko was was the was the other one I had on the list. He was episode nineteen, but I think Nick and I were on the same page. Nick, who was our first big time guest in our it eyes? Was, anyway, it was good old Brett. It was good old Brett. Brett's a good man. Brett, Brett. Larson. Do you remember the episode number? Cool. Twenty-five. Episode eleven is when we have <laughs> Brett Larson. Who's looking your guests? Why did it take so long? I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, so so we we had guests in episode three and four, and then when the pandemic hit, we did not have a guest until Brett Larson came on our show. It was, we, it was ill-advised for Brett to come on the show. So. Very, very ill-advised. Because he knows you guys. Okay. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so so here's a, here's we got a couple of couple of more guest questions here. When was the last time we did not have a guest on the show, and what was the main topic of that show? Fourth of July. No, nope, 4th of July was the Bob Mosco interview. That was episode 19. Oh. Th- think way back into, like, spring. I thought we had a break for summer. No, we didn't. That's right. We found, uh, that's right. It would have been, ooh, episode six? Episode number 13. The next episode, we had Dave Shyak come on the show. Okay. The topic was actually the riots that were going on for Black Lives Matter in Minnesota oh, right. at that time. Wow. That is the last time we have not had a guest on that show. And I remember doing that show and we were so, so worried because we dedicated 20 minutes to a political segment on the show. It's one of the few times we've ever actually did that. So we were very, very worried about how that was going to end up. We're still worried to this day, probably. Um, Okay. First guest we've ever had on video. Who was it? Where we actually recorded it. Where we actually recorded it. 
because it's after Lucia because it was only before him. Was it Shyak again? It was episode number 22, Pat Micheletti. Pat. Pat. Pat, Pat, Pat Micheletti. Guy. Pat Micheletti, the last guest to go audio only, although although Jeff Passel was pretty much almost audio only. The last guest to be truly audio only was actually Katie Emmer in episode number 21. So, no. um, yeah. Can I real quick, can I real quick interject? Sure. Quick Pat Micheletti story. I worked sure. one game with Pat. I want to say it was probably four years ago this season. So it was 17, I think. So we're going, <clears throat> Dave was doing World Junior and he couldn't get back to do the game. It was Omaha, North Dakota. So I fly to Mini, obviously, from Detroit. We get on the same flight to Grand Forks, and I'm up front. My girlfriend was actually on the trip with me, and Pat walks by because we were doing that game, and then we came down to St. Cloud to do the Minnesota game the next night. Hell of a weekend, right? Two great games, two great, you know, all the deal. So he hands me a gopher media guide and says, hey, if you want to brush up a little bit more, I know you'll be prepared, but here's the media guide. I, I get through it. I get to the back. I did not know that the guy was the number two all-time leading scorer in the history of Minnesota. I yeah. said, you're a sandbagger, man. You're so humble. <laughs> oh, there you go. He is a humble dude. Uh, when is. I worked I with him, when, when I worked with him this past, uh, this past year in a game with UMD, I mean, I know that Jim Ricks wants to call me, you know, the former All-American every time he introduces him. And, yep. you know, he deserves an accolade, but you never know by talking to him. I mean, he That's really right. – He's not a, you know, me guy. He's all about the kids. He yeah. knows his hockey. Uh, great, uh, great insight into the game. He's just all a great dude. I, I, I love working with him. He's a great guy. I just Good remember, man. I just remember when we first started, we had got, we were getting ready for episode two and Pat walked by us because we were at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center doing a game at the time. And he said, he said, uh, yeah, um, we were mentioning our podcast to him and he said, boys, here's my number anytime. Anytime you boys cool. want me, you know, and I think yeah, that says cool. a lot, says a lot for someone like that too. We had just yep. started our show the week prior and th- he was already in. So um, yep. last, I think it's last, I have two more guest questions and four questions total. So how many guests, not including the recording, so not including David Hoff and Mark Johnson, how many guests have we had on the show total? How many different people have we had on this show? 24. <laughs> 24. No. One dollar, Bob. No kidding. <laughs> uh, 35? 50. Wow. Ooh. We have wow. had we have had 19 women and 31 men on the show. Nice work, boys. Now, this is skewed. We probably had actually 49. I included Lucille Brodzinski in there because Lucille did make an appearance at Johnny Brodzinski's uh, young daughter. So I think that counts. Ah, but we did talk about her. So, um, 50 essentially um including uh 51 will be when dave starman comes out tomorrow next Boom. how how many i i don't consider you a repeat guest ben because we haven't had you formally on for a repeat episode so true how many repeat guests have we have on the show and who are they dave shyak is one yep uh we've had mckenna wessel on oh you're right a couple I, times my number is actually wrong you're right Wow, look at that. Stats guy not doing his job here. I knew you had me on for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Along in the middle, man. You got to be strong down the middle. That's right. right. So that's, so I'm that's, the responsible center, man. That's, that's right. You. you got Dave Shyak, McKenna Westlow. I'm trying to think who else. Um, who helped us get our start, Mr. Maxson? I know. Um, he has his own website. 
we highlight it all the time. Is oh, Bill Prout. Yeah. Bill, Bill Prout. And you're overthinking this last one. We just talked about him. Was it Brett? We've had Brett on twice. We've had Brett on twice. So Bill Prout, Brett Larson, Dave Shyak, and McKenna Westlow have been our four repeat guests. And then Ben's a basically semi-repeat guest, if you will. I just stuck with me every week. All right. We actually have you a work question. with us every week. It's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually have a question about Ben, but before we get to that, how many apparel items have we given away? Ooh. 15 hats. No, I can look how many hats we've given away. 5 no, 50 hats. Not, we have 50 hats total that we ordered. We haven't given away that many. 38. That's actually a pretty good guess. 34 apparel items that we have given away. We have given nice. away, we have given away uh 20 hats so far. So I was in the under. Hat. I didn't bust. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't go over. Fair enough. Our man texted me, he wants his hat. Yeah. Wait, it, we he gets we, it once we, we he gets it when we get the follow. <laughs> still doesn't follow us on a hard bargain. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think you can I don't think you can take away from that shiny dome on camera though. You he know doesn't I mean? wear hats. Save it. Give it to Nick. He needs another one. <laughs> so what so what's the deal with Starman? Does he does he like polish that thing? Does he have a polisher that the crew comes in and just kind of puts some I turtle wax on and I have no idea what he does. <laughs> I mean, he had a lot of hair three, four years ago and probably from working with me. I pulled it out after every game. Yeah, I'm surprised next time. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I have yeah. any left. Honestly, if all the stuff I pulled out, my God, right. you two are. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Last question before we get to our re-listening of episode number one. What episode number was Ben Holden's episode? Ooh. And when was the date? The general date of when it happened. I have the actual date, but if you get the month or somewhere close, I'll give it to you. It was September, wasn't it? Nope. No. October. October 17th, 2020. What episode that was? So that would have been episode 39? No, you're a little high. 37. Ben, you're very, very close. 33 was the episode. So that was that was the first time I ever met Ben, and he was like, this is awful. Who is this guy? <laughs> so, I never said anything like that. So Ben, now that we have you on as the third member of our crew, I, I you know, I should have counted how many episodes you've been a part of us or with us, um, including well, it, including interviews. I probably say you're probably six or seven, um, including. Uh, I think it's more right. than that, isn't it? Yeah, maybe close. It's like ten. Yeah, maybe closer to ten if, if you count the special episode we did with you and uh, things like that. But uh, early January, yeah, and then, you know, when I don't bail on you for the post game episode, yeah. <laughs> one or two of those with you guys, so. I, I remember I remember sitting there. I was like, Ben, you want to kind of rip the post game with us? Because the reason I asked is because Nick is so tied up when he, during the home games for the for the production side. I'm like, Ben, you want to do the post game? He goes, Nah, you guys a show. You guys do it. I'm like, <laughs> Whatever, dude. <laughs> I've done a couple with you. Whatever, man. Um, wait, I still got to say to this to this day though, um, the fact that we asked you to come do a preview for the show has changed our lives. For better or for worse, <laughs> for we <the> worse. <laughs> okay, but but what I was trying to get to is Understood. that is, is that I'm glad that you're here because we're gonna actually listen back right now and you're gonna critique. Oh actually sweet. I get to rip somebody instead of me getting ripped. That's cool. I'm in. Sign me yes, up. Yes, do sure. it. 
This is four minutes and four seconds, a random bit about women's hockey from episode number one. I just picked a random segment. I didn't listen back to it. I just picked it. So here we go. All right. You start scoring more. You start giving up less. And as you mentioned, you've got a rock star goaltender in Paluzny in the back end. That should give anybody a want to go out and play for a team like that. Half the time, whether it's WCHA, NCHC, NHL, Jordan Bennington won a cup for St. Louis because he came in and he was a he basically turned a franchise into what was going to be a trade deadline selling fest into raising the Stanley Cup in between the St. Louis Arch. It's unbelievable. That's one player what they can do for your team. Those microphones. However, sound at nice. the college level, you have constant turnover four years. You have a very big, as you mentioned, senior class, Theodosopoulos, uh, being in Maya's being the biggest loss because it's her offensive input she's had over the last uh, four years of her career. Yeah, ranked sixth in WCHA and power play goals. So, yeah. I mean, that you? type Interrupting of him again. talent going away doesn't go unnoticed. You sound like you. Unless you replace it. Studio but only, you can't do a one-for-one. One. you got to get more people in. Sound, in this first sound. freshman class, if that's just one stepping stone, if they were to, able to repeat <laughs> that, now you got half a team that is young, they're excited, and... The talent level is there. Now you start making some progress, and then you start attracting some bigger talents in the conference, and you start to go, wait a second, Wisconsin and Minnesota, who are perennial powerhouses in this league, let's not forget that. You start knocking on the door, and you go, hi, we're here. And guess what? We're not afraid of you. And guess what? We can skate right with you. Yeah. I mean, you look at Duluth, Ohio State, two teams that were able to beat Minnesota. You know, Bemidji State, you know, has taken, you know, these top end teams to opportunities like that. But I mean, you just you you look and you talk about the confidence factor and you and I both know this, you, you know, and you have to have the belief because especially on the scoring side, goaltenders are going to get some too. last Thursday. I believed I was going to score on Pelusny. I believed I was going to score you know, 10 times on her. And I think I got one. I, I literally, I think I got one. So, uh, um, but it's all about the belief of if you come down on a goaltender, especially one like Paluzny, and she gives you, you know, half a foot by half a foot of area to shoot at. If you don't believe that puck's not going in the net, or you don't believe you're going to find your partner on the back door, you know, on a cross seam saucer pass, it's not going to happen. You know, and when you have the results like St. Cloud has, you know, when you be, you know, when you're one eighteen and one and, you know, you can play Wisconsin to a 5-3 loss with an empty net, but then you go and you lose one to nothing against Minnesota State afterwards. You can't lose a game one to nothing. You can't. You can't. And that starts with the mentality that when you step on the ice, not for the first period, not for warm-ups, when you're at the rink in the morning, you have to believe that you're going to be leaving that building at whatever time it is with two or three points or whatever it is in and your a, hand. And a, and a W. Yep. You, you got to believe you can yep. compete. Um, we can talk about systematic things offensively. I think we'll go save that conversation for another day. But I think you and I would both agree that this offseason for the Huskies is huge in terms of their recruiting, in terms of trying to push this program back to relevancy. Yeah, and their start is beautiful. I mean, you look at Janelle Sergey and Molly Engstrom, two Olympians who are going to be so, so instrumental. Janelle has already for a while, and Molly into the mix. I mean, you talk, you listen to the players talk, leaders like Abby Thiessen, Kenzie Wiley, you know, even freshmen like Taylor Lynn, talking about how much, you know, they respect those two and what they bring to the table. And, I mean, these are still phenomenal hockey players. They don't play competitively anymore. Go down to the rink for their practice and watch Molly, you know, skate and transition as a defenseman or watch Janelle and just, you know, the things that she does. 
I mean, these players were Olympians for a reason. There's no doubt about that. You know, two players at Wisconsin playing under Mark Johnson. Janelle had two national championships. They've been there. They've done that. If you're not trusting that group, I don't know what you're buying into. At the end of the day, it also takes time. Yep. You know, with with these with this group of coaches. So that is a listen back to episode number one. A little, th- a couple things were different. Um, Nick, I know a couple. <laughs> your Nick, your mic that day. I remember it doesn't have that deep or that low, the low bass filter. So I sound like I'm a professional, you know, radio announcer. That didn't even sound like you exactly because I have. It's amazing what a microphone can do to make your voice sound beautiful. Um, I think you were smoking a lot more back then. <laughs> you caught me. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's weird to think about, first of all, how about the Huskies being one 18 and one entering that weekend? Oof. Um, but think about, think about that. I mean, this was before the pandemic hit. I think the second half of that show was talking about whether or not the wild were going to trade Matt Dumba or keep a hold of him you know, until the trade deadline. Um, But Ben, what are some things that you kind of noticed that are a little different than what you notice now, uh, besides the fact that we sound like we're both totally stoned, I would say. Um, I mean, Nick sounds like Nick, which is good. He was (laughs) smart. He was to the point. Um, You just sounded different. You didn't, you, you sounded fine too, but you just sounded so different. I know you had different mics, but you just sounded so different. And probably the biggest thing I noticed, nobody was cutting each other off and you guys weren't fighting. <laughs> That's totally fair. I, I mean, honestly, I, I remember that, Nick. I remember because you were sitting across from me in the studio. And I remember because Nick actually carried the mail through most of that episode. But he and, does. He's a center. Yeah. And I, and I and I do remember, you know, every time he he would like start talking, I'm like, keep talking. Cause I need about half a minute to think about what I'm going to say. <laughs> and I would say my piece and I would like, kind of like not outro it very well. I'd be like, um, and you know, and yeah. And then Nick would just come in and he'd be like, and you know, the biggest thing, you know, with the Huskies, they're just trying to make sure that they're establishing their forecheck. And I'm like, thank God that he spoke right there. Cause like, I don't know what to do. And now I think about it. I'm like, it's flipped where I hardly let Nick talk. And I just try to talk over him the entire time. So Nick from That's your about, pers- all right. Nick, from your perspective, uh, what did you notice uh, from your end? We sounded like Ben. We sounded like we just took a hit of a f- giant blunt. One, um, we, I mean, it, it's it sounded like we were gassed. I mean, it sounded like we just got back from the gym. Um, it, it, it's, it's almost like we were nervous, or almost like you know we were just trying to be very careful what we were saying. So the energy was different. Um, and it definitely sounded, I mean, not that it didn't sound conversational, but it sounded almost forced, you know, so you, you we're talking nitpicking stuff in broadcasting, right? Where yeah. you get to a point where you stop mere, say, planning on what you're saying. You just, you start bullet points, you just let yourself go. Right. So I think it's more yeah. of a comfort feeling. Um, so that's a couple of big things I noticed, but I'm going to flip the script on you, Mr. Noah. What did you notice? <laughs> you know, I would say the biggest thing, like you mentioned there, there is that comfort factor and being able to um, you, being able to kind of rattle off what you're thinking about um, and realizing that as I kind of like bumble my way through that, what I just said right there, I don't feel overwhelmed mentally anymore. If I sit there and say, um, and uh, my mind doesn't immediately panic anymore. I go, it's okay that you have two seconds of space trying to recuperate and figure out what you're going to say. That's okay. Um, and at that point, I didn't recognize that. The other thing is it almost reminds me of like, a, a Tuesday afternoon NPR episode is what it makes me think of. Is it's just the tone is just like, 
and welcome back. Very flat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You kind of, it's, it's more like, like for the, for the old geezers who just got down on the golf course and now they're just trying to find something to nap to a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just makes me think of all the years I spent, you know, listening to NPR with my dad. It's like, welcome back to the Huskies Warming House podcast. This is your center for St. Cloud State Hockey, you know, and now we're just like, hey, Nick, guess what's going on? Huskies hockey is so amazing and it's crazy. So it's, um, I, I don't know. There are some things about it that I do like, though. I mean, I, I like the fact that we do have microphones and a studio set up that does sound very, very nice in that scenario. It's too bad that we can't get back to it. Um, there are things we can do on our end. Um, the other thing I like, I miss doing audio only podcasts. And the reason I miss doing that is because they're a lot, lot less work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, plain cut. If if or we did, send. if exactly, if we yeah. did this show, the only thing that helps with the video side is like when Nick just dropped an f bomb right there. I can find it a lot easier when, when I'm sifting through it because I can see his yeah. facial expressions and remember yeah. that moment. But yeah. if we did this audio only, um, you know, it's it's twelve fifty seven Central Time right now. If we stopped recording right now, I could probably have this up by one ten. Oh yeah, you know, if it was audio only. So yeah. Um, Super excited though, and super blessed that our fans have given us this opportunity to be cool. around. Um, to put this in perspective, um, episode number seven, which was our lowest episode ever, is actually the episode that Colby Cade passed away. I don't know if any of you remember that. Um, we had seven total listens of that episode that week. To put that in perspective, we had the flying fins on last week, we're approaching 200 listens. So um, we are just so amazed by the support that we've had from all of our fans and so blessed that hopefully we can keep this running for another total year. Um, moving on to the reason why we're actually here. <laughs> um, and that would be the talk. Mayhem. Mayhem for sure. Uh, that would be talking some St. Cloud <laughs> state hockey. Like we mentioned, the women's team is off. They do finish their season, Ohio state this weekend and Bemidji state the following weekend men's hockey upcoming has one game against Colorado college and two games up in Duluth to finish the regular season. Nick. Now, I do want to mention to you, Noah, we are hearing, and this is coming from some sources that I have, is that there might be a scheduling change for mm. a men's team. Okay. And the, the scheduling change might be, whereas they're going to be at Duluth, I think, was it? Two yes, weeks. at Duluth yeah. the next week. But there's a there was a, a back-to-back thing. There is talks about pushing that Saturday game to the following weekend. Ooh. Mm. To the to back into March. Which, so which, which would again, be, this is, which would be possible. At because home. Of the, so that would be the Huskies home game. Right. Which would be possible too, Correct. because if you think about, like we mentioned in, in the weekly roundup, North Dakota has Omaha four more times, but they have them once this weekend, twice yep. the following weekend, and then finish that third weekend out with a single game. So they still and have all in grand forks, mind you. Yeah. 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 So, so and, at and the, the end of it, that, that's ahead, not confirmed, ahead. but we're hearing yeah. rumbling some folks that I know very well that are part of, you know, primary sources that are, uh, are letting us know that that could be a possibility. We might know this week if that's possibly the change. I just know you two very well. Those are my only sources. So I'm going to rely on you for that one. Um, so I'm in the other conference now <laughs> over the dark side, um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm at both. <laughs> we have to get you in the WCHA and make you a well-rounded Midwestern individual, if you will. Hey. I'm a freelancer, man. For the first time in a long time, I'll go anywhere. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. So 
as we mentioned, Duluth can finish no higher than second place. In fact, it's a good thing to pull up the standings before we kind of preview men's hockey split with Miami. And we're going to talk about that in just a second here, but I think it's good to kind of give a landscape of where this leaves this Huskies hockey team right now in the NCHC right now, North Dakota with 20 games played is at 44 points. St. Cloud is in second place currently with 21 games played and 40 points. Omaha sits in third with 20 games played and 38 points because they have a game in hand. And Duluth is in fourth right now at 39 points with 21 games played. So the best Minnesota Duluth can do is earn 45 points, provided they sweep the St. Cloud State Huskies. Okay. St. Cloud State or Minnesota Duluth cannot finish first because between the North Dakota and Omaha series, provided they, the games happen, someone is going to eclipse that 45 point mark or be the tiebreaker there. Okay. St. Cloud has the potential to get to 49 points here. If they get all nine points possible, that would be the only way they could probably finish in first. And Mm -hmm. that North Dakota and Omaha would kind of dogfight it out and kind of, you know, split a couple of games. Um, Otherwise I see North Dakota probably as being number one, if they can handle Omaha you know, at least 50%, if not better. Um, St. Cloud, uh, you know, their fate is honestly going to depend on North Dakota and Omaha and how they come out for these last three games. I know that sounds very obvious, but St. Cloud, they have to earn six points in any fashion to put themselves in a really good spot because they will finish no worse than third if they can do that. So that tells you that CC game this weekend is going to be huge. And if you have a one game series slash winner take all each weekend against Duluth. That's, that's a tough fight. You have two teams that are very good and very well rested. So let's go back to the Miami series, St. Cloud state losing three to two on Friday and winning by a score of four to two with an empty net on Saturday. Um, Ben, I know you got a chance to take in that Friday game a little bit. bit, um, What, what did you, do you kind of think about uh, kind of the reaction that St. Cloud didn't have a really healthy one to nothing lead. They had 60 shot attempts. They had more shots on goal than Miami had shot attempts. Miami just clawed their way back into the hockey team. Should Huskies fans still be worried that they lost the last team in the conference? Or do we go back to that point that the NCHC is just beating the crap out of each other? I mean, I think it's the, the latter of the, the points. No, I mean, you know, look, you look at Miami and I'm pulling up, I'm looking in the standings right now where they're at. And uh, they are you know, in last, they are in last place. They sit five, five, 15 and two. Yeah, uh, I got you. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're in last place. Games. I, I, I think it's that. I, I don't think there's a reason to hit a panic button. I mean, they're going to, they're going to win some games in this game against CC. You know, I, I think back to Omaha it was in the first, uh, well, the first week of CC being in there. And they had them down three, nothing in the first period. Yes. And so anybody's capable. We know that they just got to take care of their own business. That's all they can do. You said it. They got nine points. They can't worry about North Dakota, Omaha. They just got to take care of their own, their own business. And I said it a couple of weeks ago, and I still say it that I think they're not going to like this, but I still think that that series will be a split when they play Duluth. I don't think either team's going to sweep. And now you look at Duluth, people are like, what's wrong with Duluth? I don't know that anything's wrong with Duluth. I've been saying it for weeks, guys. Western Michigan is a team nobody wants to play. Yep. That Andy Murray, to me, is coach of the year in this conference. Yep. 100%. Hands down. Their season was hanging by a thread in Omaha. And he and his staff and his players have found a way. So 
I only bring that up because everybody's capable, as we've seen now. This is season eight of this conference. And I just feel like that series with Duluth, it's going to be three points, three points, and they're going to have to go in the playoffs, and they could very well end up playing Miami again. Who knows? Yep. You know, and you have to – I want to – Yep, go ahead, Nick. I was just going to add to that. Um, At the end of it, I'm not concerned – but, you know, at the end of it, Miami plays teams very tight. They do. You know, it, it, and it's one of those deals where, you know, I had a chance to actually rewatch uh, the games Friday, Saturday. And I, I agree with you, Noah, uh, from Friday. It was a much, you know, I liked the effort. Again, if you lose a game and you play the right way, it doesn't hurt as much, right? Because no. hockey is a game of bounces sometimes. There's a way that things just happen. And you got to remember, to St. Club was without Sam Henches this weekend as well. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big part of, you know, the offense. Yeah. He hasn't really maybe picked up the points that we were hoping to see from him, but he's still a threat on the ice. It's someone yeah. that you still have to counter for if you're the other team. On top of that, you find a way to come back and you win a tight game on Saturday. So at the end of it, it's a little bit of what Ben was saying it, this team, you know, this conference, anybody can win any night. And to me, it's not a panic button. What mm-hmm. would panic to me is if you're losing these games and you're not playing the right way, it, it, it almost goes back to uh, the other weekend when you're losing five, one or sorry, the uh, St. Cloud one, five, one, but they were sloppy. That to me is more of a panic than it was this weekend. That to me is what you look for is how was this team playing to me? They played fine. In fact, I agree that the team actually played really good, but you need to be able to squeak some out. And again, I think this game against CC Back to Ben's point, I was calling the game. You were there in the pod. Yeah. Three nothing down the first ten minutes. <clears throat> Can't have that here late in the season. There's no question. CC, as far as talent goes, doesn't have the upper echelon talent, but they play a system that frustrates teams, mm-hmm. and they almost make you beat yourself. Honestly, at the end of the day, so Saint Cloud can just be disciplined, can stick to like Ben said. You know, just worry about you and come away with the three points against CC. Now you're talking, like you said, you split Duluth. That there's nothing wrong with that. There, that's a positive thing. Duluth is not a bad team. Yeah, they get swept by Western. To me, Ben, I think you'll agree with me on this. I agree with you with Western Michigan. To me, Western Michigan has every opportunity to get into the net, into the um, the conference championship game as any yep. team in this conference right now. Honestly, they're playing that good. So yeah, yeah. At the end of it, you do you take care of your own business, and then you just prepare for one game at a time. Come at the NCAC tournament. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you know, think about it too, guys. I mean, we haven't touched on it yet, but I'll go there. It's one and done, man. I mean, I, I think every conference is going to go that way. The NCHC announced it last week. That's not, it's a different mindset and a different mentality instead of knowing we got three games. And yeah, every team's mm-hmm. going to want to go in saying we want to take care of it in two. You got one game. I would not want to play what they're the one team. I mean, obviously, North Dakota. You know, you can say they're a team nobody wants to play. They're on a mission. They're as loaded as any team in the country. But in a one-game elimination tournament in this conference, knowing the conference as well as I do and we all do, and those that follow us and watch these, that's the one team I don't want to play because they have confidence. They're beating teams. They swept St. Cloud and Kalamazoo. They swept Duluth and Kalamazoo. They played toe-to-toe with a lot of teams. I would not want to have to play them in a one-game elimination tournament. Now, now, and, and this Western Michigan team, now not saying that they're, you know, that they're a lock to do this, but realistically, there are, there are not many teams in the country that are in Western Michigan's position that to win a national championship would have to win eight straight hockey games to yeah. do it. 
and yeah. Western and Western Michigan is if I had to pick any team that has the potential to do that this year, that is the team. I mean, that is the team that you, that you look with Andy Murray, his ability to calm his team down, his ability to kind of almost reset mid game sometimes and find a way to yeah. churn momentum when there is no momentum. I mean, that's a team that, like you mentioned, could legitimately punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Now, when you mention now, when you mentioned Miami here, yeah, Miami five fifteen and two, sitting last in the conference only because Colorado College has a couple games in hand on them. Uh, Miami, Miami, as we mentioned, the really good goaltending though. I mean, that's what oh. Saint, Saint Cloud ran into. Is Saint Cloud how many point blank opportunities, especially on Friday, that this Huskies team have, and just wasn't able to find a way, you know, to put the nail in the coffin. I think Joey Molinar had a point blank opportunity about two minutes before uh, that flurry of goals for Miami to go ahead two to one you know you look at you look at all these teams in the conference I know when we interviewed Brett Larson he said it almost jokingly like it's the NCHC even when you play your best night sometimes you're going to lose right that 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 was case in point but people like to look at oh Miami number eight Miami goal differential minus 30 and they think how how can we lose to this hockey team well one of the best goaltenders in the country stonewalling you that night can lead you to losing a game now well, the one the one question i want to ask here uh and you mentioned sam hench's nick oh for nine on the power play this weekend it's the first time in a weekend series all season that the huskies have not scored on the power play when they've had at least five opportunities in the weekend they've had two other weekends where they haven't scored in that weekend but they had four opportunities or less um I'm not worried about the power play, especially if Sam Henches is back. You know what? I thought that they were a little bit sloppy, maybe a little bit discombobulated with the changing of personnel with, you know, obviously the change with Sam Henches. This power play is still almost 23%, even after going 0 for 9 this weekend. I need to see a little bit more in, in that Colorado College game for me to be truly worried about it. Can they tweak some things? Yes. But I think if you're St. Cloud, you look ahead to this Colorado college game. And my dad always used to say this phrase, it's time to eat your Brussels sprouts before you have your dessert. If you take care of business against CC, you got a real chance to have a good heaping of dessert, buying a split or better against a So um, I know you guys have some points to add about Western Michigan. So whoever wants to take it, go ahead. I, I will. Uh, first of all, Andy Murray, if you know Andy Murray very well, um, he, you talk about calming his team down. That's not how Andy Murray is. He's the guy that riles his troops up. He's a very loud bench boss, and he just knows how to get the most out of his players. He's a guy that he's almost like a John Tortorella in the sense where you better play the right way or sitting on the freaking bench. But um, it, he's a guy that is, just demands. Is there yeah. something to be said for keeping guys calm by getting them to that competitive edge? Because I think there's two things between revving guys up and having controlled emotion because we've seen teams where like, like for example, the North Dakota Denver games this weekend got a little bit animated, got a little bit chippy. There's one thing with, be, <laughs> with, with being chippy versus having a team that you can help them elevate their play by riding them up, but they're still in control. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Right, but uh, you got to remember how Western Michigan plays. I mean, uh, Dave Starmus, they beat the crap out of people. They play yep. a very hard physical style of play. So for Andy Murray, you know, his job is, you know, to not necessarily settle them down, but to just control, like you said, control their emotions, right? It's like, okay, we know we're going to play this style, but in order to be successful, this is what we have to do. You know, you have to hit it every single time. It's finishing checks. It's going in there and being the first guy in the puck, contesting pucks contesting mm -hmm. open space he's the guy that's you know if you take your foot out the 
the gas pedal, all of a sudden you start to see their game plan break down a bit. So sometimes, you know, you, you can see Andy Murray call it, you know, calls a timeout and he's not just, you know, walking to the bench and he's got to, he's in the ears. He's absolutely lighting his guys up because he knows, Hey, every single point matters. Their season has been pretty much them climbing the rope to get up and talk about, Western Michigan, imagine this. Imagine they win the NCAC tournament. Imagine the gauntlet they had to go through North Dakota, St. Cloud. You know, these, I mean, could they be the almost the favorite at that point to go into the NCAA tournament and just start poking people off? I mean, honestly, that, that's a conversation that I almost am willing to have. I mean, this team has got the depth to me. They've got the game plan. They've got the personnel to execute it. And they got a coach that has been at the national hockey level that can take this team to pretty much any height that they can. So uh, to me, going back to Western Michigan and to wrap it all up, this is a scary hockey team. And I don't care who you put in front of them. They, they have the ability to beat anybody. I know it sounds cliche, but to me, Andy Murray has got this team right where they want. They're playing the right way and they're being successful with the back-to-back sweeps. I agree. So I want to get your guys' opinion here. And this is what, uh, this is what I want, want you guys to do. I want you to tell me to predict here. How many points does St. Cloud State grab in the last three games? And if you can pull up the standings, if you have it in front of you, how does the NCHC conference finish after the first week of March? What are the standings in your opinion? I'll give you guys a chance to pull up the standings right now. Right now, currently we have North Dakota in one, St. Cloud in two, Omaha in three, Duluth in four, Denver in five, Western Michigan in six, CC in seven, and Miami rounding out the eighth team in the conference. So let's start first with Ben and let's start with St. Cloud State. St. Cloud, one game against Colorado College and back-to-back games against Minnesota Duluth. How many points out of the available nine does St. Cloud State take? Six. And I think it ends just like it is. One through five. I think it ends that way. Just looking at it when I was listening to you there, I think it ends just the way it is. So, so you, you think Western Michigan still is going to sit in that sixth spot there? Yeah, I mean, right now they're 11 points back. So, right. I, I'm, with, I'm with Ben exactly. I, uh, I, I, sorry, Nick. I, I just want to say I think Omaha either wins a game. I don't know if they're going to split, but I think they get at least one against North Dakota, and maybe they end up losing an overtime or a shootout. That's kind of where I'm at. All right, fair enough. I'm, I'm with you right there, Ben. Um, I think that – St. Cloud takes six. I, I can't see them uh, taking nine. I mean, I would love them to push, you know, a game to overtime against Duluth to maybe grab seven, maybe eight yeah. points. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. Um, I, I still think it, it finishes right down the wire there, one through five. But, I mean, you, you talk about a one through five. I mean, this is going to be quite the tournament to watch uh, coming up to Grand Forks in the next couple of weeks. I mean, it's going to be insane. Um, it, it, and it's almost yeah. as – if Western Michigan finishes fifth, which I believe they will, how good of a, of a game is it going to be between Omaha and Western Michigan to set up for the next round? That's going to be one heck of a quarterfinal. Um, Denver, to me, I know they've had a rough season, but you can never count them out, especially with David Carl behind the bench. And then as it sits right now, St. Cloud State has to face Miami again um, in their first quarterfinal matchup. So again, not an easy battle, but I think it's that's right where it is and St. Cloud gets six points. So, so I'm trying to look here just to make sure, okay, Western Michigan has Miami is, is who they have left. So, okay. Yep. So here's what I've got here, guys. I think St. Cloud takes five points. I think they take five points because Ooh. I anticipate one of those games, either against CC or Duluth going to an overtime. That's okay. what I, that's what I anticipate. Now I can also see them getting six points where both games go to overtime. They win one, they lose one. 
and they grab three points and a win otherwise. But I, I think at least one of the, I don't think it's going to be a clean six points, if that makes sense. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, some sort of combination. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So here's, here's what I've got for my standings for sure. I think Miami, I think Miami and Colorado seven and seven and eight, I think Colorado still got a bit of juice left in them. So I'm going to go with Miami at eight CC at seven. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I am a little bit inclined. I don't know if Denver has any more games. They might not have any more games, but Western Michigan still might slot into that number six spot because Denver has a couple games in hand. If they're still playing, I don't know if they're done. I haven't looked at their schedule. That's the only thing that would throw a wrinkle. Um, number four here. I, I think Minnesota Duluth sits at number four. I, I think St. Cloud state finds a way to take care of business and push Duluth below them in the standings. Denver plays CC four times the rest of the way. Okay. So I think Denver sits in that number five spot. They have two games in hand. I don't, I don't, although Western Michigan does have Miami, I think Denver finds a way to, to hang on to number five. I think Duluth slots in number four. Um, as much as I want St. Cloud to push that number two spot, um, I, 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 I have a tough time putting them in number two because I feel like Omaha still has enough left in the tank to maybe take two games against North Dakota. So that's where, that's where the, the, and North Dakota, I think is going to finish number one overall in the conference. But here's, here's the reason we bring up this question is because I think the number one, two, and three teams in the NCHC are auto bids for the NCAA tournament. I think, I say this right now, the top, the way that one, two, three is now they're all in right now. I think the question is Omaha getting in or if Western wins a tournament, you got to put them in. So, so my, the, the top three are in right now. Exactly. So someone, yeah. someone in that lower tier winning the tournament also puts well, a wrench into things, but here's my question here, Ben, if North Dakota finishes with 46 points, something like that, Omaha's at 38 right now. What if Omaha takes three out of four from North Dakota and St. Cloud sweeps Duluth? Does Duluth make the tournament? I know that's not. That's they a crazy, exactly. So I think if you're St. Cloud, these six points are so crucial. Yes. To yeah. push you into the lowest of third place, but third place in this conference for the NCAA tournament eligibility is such a great place to be. St. Cloud's fate is in their hands in the next three games. And after that, they're going to have to rely on what Omaha does or doesn't do. But um, I think St. Cloud, uh, I know they split last weekend, but what a weekend to split when Western Michigan comes in and takes care of the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. St. Cloud, they, they've got a chance to, to hold their hold their own fate, you know, their own destiny these next two or two or three weeks. So yep. um, anything else you guys want to add on the men's hockey side as far as uh, NCH or anything else? Yeah, I, I'll, just, I'll just add, Noah, that, you know, at the end of it, you know, if you can get at least six points, um, if Western Michigan continues to roll like they are, if you can avoid them in the first round of the NCHC tournament, I think that bullets well for as St. Cloud State. I mean, it's just, it's not been a favorable matchup for them. And I think if you can at least get to the semis, you at least get one win under your belt in Grand Forks and maybe settle down a bit, I think that would help because you're eventually going to have to face them probably. I can't see Western Michigan going out in one. I just can't. So if you can get yourself in the, in the at least third, but if not crawler up to second, so that way you're facing either Denver or CC Miami in your first game, I think that would bode well for this club, at least as far as, you know, at least competing for the NCHC tournament championship rather than having to face Western Michigan right out of the gate. And looking at the math here, St. Cloud State can grab all nine points. If that's possible, they would put themselves as an almost lock for second place. Omaha would have to take all 12 points 
Not happening. Yeah. No. All 12 points are, no they, might, they might have the tiebreaker at 11, you know, but against a team like North Dakota, that's going to be tough. So St. Cloud, uh, again, holding their destiny in their hands here. Um, before, Ben, Western's only got two games left, guys. They got a week off this week. They got two with Miami in, a, or that's a home and home, actually. It's a Friday, Sunday, home and home. So that's all they've got. And for them, if they do have guys banged up, they got a couple, you know, they got a week to get them, you know, get them a little rest if they need it. But again, that's a that's a dangerous team. I and look, I mean, they've they've done damage against St. Cloud. They've done damage against Duluth. They played they played North Dakota in the bubble uh, right after Bussy went out of the out of the game. They got blown out of the rink. They played them the next week. Dave and I did that game. They lost six three. They weren't in the groove. And look, it, it's not like every single team they played has been a top ten team. Certainly, St. Cloud and Duluth are. But they played Miami. They got to play Miami again. But again, it's like we talked about with St. Cloud. Take care of your business. That's all you can do. And that's the thing is, if, I think if Western Michigan, if they split on that weekend against Miami, that really opens the door for Denver to really hold on to their their keep there against. They got Colorado four College. left. Like I said, you're right. So yep. and two games in hand as it is. So but they they've been to me, and I haven't seen them obviously a ton since leaving Omaha. But I saw them plenty in there. They've just been. They come back, they have a good game, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you just – I'm not – it's a different mix of, of guys they've had in the last few years. And, you know, you guys know how I feel about Savoy, but he's one guy, you know, and then like Saturday he takes a major penalty. I mean, you can't – you got to be smarter and you got to be disciplined than that. The kid can have million-dollar hands and make $50 million in the NHL down the road, but right now you got to be smart, you got to be disciplined and, and, and not, do, not take dumb penalties like that. Yep, I, I definitely agree. Speaking of being disciplined here, the last little thing we have to get to yeah. before before we end our banter here for episode number 49. Um, and I, I, I think we're going to get maybe get rid of that audio bed, Nick, I think for this. We'll just jump right into it. Of course, two-line fan trivia every Saturday at noon is your chance to win a Huskies Warming House podcast at as long as you are the first correct answer and a first-time winner. We had two first-time winners these past two weeks, including this past one. So congratulations. We're sending out three hats this week, which is amazing. So here is the trivia question here, boys. Uh, St. Cloud State, this, was this of course, came out last Saturday. So St. Cloud State dropped two in a row last night uh, in their loss against Miami. Men's hockey has not dropped three straight all season, which is still true to this day. When was the last time St. Cloud State men's hockey has lost four straight games, not including shootouts and ties in a season? What were the dates and year? Go ahead, Nick. I'm trying to think if they did that last year. Uh, was it last year did they drop four last year they did drop four last they dropped the last four games of the regular season yes Uh, they did no they didn't sorry they they dropped the last three games of the regular season they dropped in december against north dakota and colorado college remember those two games that colorado college beat them in the Herbert yeah. National Hockey Center, then they went up to North Dakota and lost both games. That is the last time they've lost four straight games. Now, wow. uh, here, here's here's the here's the thing. Before that stretch last season, the last time St. Cloud State lost four straight games was actually against those same teams. When? Twenty fifteen. No, Ben, you want to take a stab at a year? I'm going to say 2012 old WCHA December of 2010. 
was the last time that the Huskies have lost four straight before last season. So kind of an interesting little tidbit there. What did um, I win? <laughs> you win a hat. Congratulations. It's on your head. Ah, I got another one. <laughs> so uh, what do we, ha- what do we have going on in the world this week? Like we mentioned, we've got men's hockey, single game against CC women's hockey against Ohio state. Anything going on? Wild in coming back. Wild are coming back. That's right. Cross. I, um, Ben, you've been following the Red Wings at all. Do they still suck? I mean, what's the story there? They still suck. Yeah. They're getting better. I mean, they, you know, they, they beat Nashville, but Nashville is not very good, but I, you know, I don't have Fox Detroit anymore and I really don't watch them. I'm going to watch them Wednesday. They're on NBC. So, is you know, it, it's, it's been painful, but you know, they're, they're making improvement. So isn't that a weird phrase that you just said right there? Nashville's not very good too. Like they, Nash- were, they were the most despised team in the NHL for 20 years. Yeah, everyone then, hated Detroit, and, and some then, still may. And then you got the uh, you got the Lake Tahoe games. Yep, uh, yeah, Tahoe coming games up for the NHL. Up. And then uh, speaking of Nashville, uh, John Hines, I think he's out of uh, Nashville's head coach. Yeah, it's soon. not going well. No, Johnny's a good guy, but it's not going well. And I think that team has dialed him out. And yeah, so I think you're right, Nick. I think we're going to see uh, see a change there coming probably soon. Amazing in four years how National Predators are one of the perennial hockey teams built their way up at Bridgestone oh, Arena. Final. Yeah, and you know it, it was crazy. I remember watching that game actually. I remember watching that game, and you know, uh, of course, the Predators had that goal disallowed in the second period. But I was watching with my friend, and the Preds were all over Pittsburgh in Game Six. And I said, "Watch this. Preds are going to be all over them, and someone's going to do. Pittsburgh's going to come down and get some fluky bounce like off somebody's butt or something like that." Yeah, Kid yeah. you not. Patrick Hornquist off of Pekka Renee's butt about a yep. minute and a half later. So um, it literally bit him in the, you know what, that, yeah. that whole, yeah. Anyway, you know where I'm going. Literally. I literally though. It did. I, and I feel, and I feel bad for Pekka Renee, um, you know, cause he's, he's such a good goaltender. I wish he would have at least added one cup to his tenure. Speaking of which, maybe this is a good thing to end the show really quickly as if we haven't gone long enough. Miko Koivu's <laughs> retirement. Someone wrote an article about Miko Koivu's case for the Hall of Fame. Is Miko Koivu a Hall of Fame candidate for the National Hockey League? Not right now. No. Um, and that's tough for me to say, just only because, uh, unfortunately, the lack of playoff success on the team he was on. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take anything away from Miko Koivu. Um, you know, 1,035 games, you know, so silver stick to his credit first full-time captain with the franchise. Um, he did a lot for the state of hockey. Um, mm-hmm. I've had the chance to interview him multiple times. Uh, very humble guy, very great guy, um, excellent human being. Um, and I, I think that the debate to me is, you know, does his number get retired? That was my um, I don't know if, Good. I don't know if his number is retired, but I do think, you know, similar to what maybe some other, um, teams you maybe you put him in like the ring of honor or something like that, where, you know, you honor him in that way. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's too early for him to retire his number per se, but I do think he's going to get honored uh, at the end of it. You know, to me, I don't think he's a hall of famer just yet, just because, you know, he, he was a great two way forward. I know he finished fourth or fifth in the Selkie a couple of different years, but I think he would have finished higher in that process had he been with another squad, honestly. Um, just the lack of talent that was around him, I think, kind of squandered him a little bit. Um, I, don't, I don't know if he deserves a Hall of Fame just yet. Ben, do, do the Minnesota Wild, do they put him in a ring of honor or do they formally retire his number? I mean, I'm fine with either one of those, but yeah, he's not a Hall of Fame player. He had a hell of a career, did a lot of great things, but 
I think they should certainly do something, whether it's retiring the jersey or not. But yeah, he's he's a huge part of their franchise and he deserves that. He was a great pro for a long time. Always enjoyed watching him play and he always played the game the right way. We Nick says that phrase a lot and we know it's a big phrase in, in the great sport of hockey and I have a lot of respect for him that way. So that's what I think they ought to do with him. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw him in some sort of front office role, but I also wouldn't be shocked if you see him just kind of step away from the game and enjoy time with his family as well. He seems like yeah. he, he could go either route, but if he does come back in an executive role, talk about a guy that has a competitive edge and a willingness to uh, do whatever it takes to win. Flying uh, Finn. Oh, yeah. Just, just, just like we do right on this podcast, right, Ben? Whatever it takes to win. So, uh, anyway... Um, I, th- I think that, uh, I think that's going to do it. Uh, we do have Dave Starman coming on tomorrow, hopefully maybe a men's hockey player coming on the following week. We'll have to see what we have in store boys. Anything to add before we kick it out of here for episode 49. Congrats on the one year guys. I'm happy for you. It's well done, man. Well done to you guys. I'm really happy. That's a big accomplishment. Keep her going. Thank you. Hopefully I don't drag you down. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we can do. I think we have a mute button, mute button around here somewhere. Anyway, that will do I it. Do. Yeah, we know you have a mute button because you can never figure out how to turn your mic on. That's the last two shows I've come on been unmuted, although my mic was off today. So I guess I got to start a new streak next time. (laughs) You're welcome for that. Episode number 49, (laughs) that will do it. We hit the big 5-0 to start year number two of the Huskies Warming House podcast. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.